Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yellow hair <laughs> caresses undiluted wit as she strolls confident and surplus to benefit down boulevards and cul-de-sacs. The sea cannot stop her. The land cannot taint her. Wisdom is her constant companion. Clap. It's Dr. <laughs> Pam Hogg. Yes. <laughs> Admired uh, by all. Rock and roll and fashion icons. These the here. best yeah. introduction yeah. ever. And, and we were just saying, actually, to just start the podcast on a slightly different note because it's something that affects all of us, which is what you have for breakfast. Some people don't have any breakfast, and some people do have a breakfast. Uh, Jim was just saying that you had some soggy old white bread from the garage. <laughs> from the garage, yeah. Because yeah. that we ran out of bread, and, and early on in the morning the shops <laughs> weren't open, so I had to get to go to the garage. Mm. But it wasn't bad. It reminded me of me, you know, sun blessed. But then it was accompanied by an Ardenne pâté. Mm. And what did you, what about you, Pam? You had something that sounded rather delicious to me. Yes, well, I juice every morning, which is uh, very healthy. But I absolutely love it. I've always loved my vegetables, <laughs> carrot and ginger. That's always the base of it. But I, I have uh, spinach. And a uh, thing that I can't stand is celery, but it's brilliant in a juice. Do you not like celery? I don't like it, but I it's it. seemingly really, really... My sister's always banging on about it. You've got to eat your celery. So now i found a way. I you have get all celery your... every night. It's really good yes, for you. Yes, because it's, it creates um, gases. It's, um, <laughs> well, it's not roughage, is it? You know, it's, it's, that, well, it's roughage. That's got, that's but when you roughage. rise, after, if you're sitting down and have celery, mm. you rise with gusto. I see. <laughs> Only you. Uh, I should point out, if anybody's tuning in, hoping this was some sort of healthy eating tips, you're not listening to any experts, just people sort of making it up as they go along. But going back to transport, are you? Um, what's your favourite form of uh, transport, Pam? Are you, is it, are you like travelling by car, by train, by, by foot? <laughs> well, I'd love to travel as I did this morning in your fabulous limousine, but I, I go by bike. Ah, <laughs> yeah. A bike everywhere, yeah. What Have, sort of bike? <laughs> just a crap all about it. I had the best but it was absolutely gorgeous and it just got stolen within about two weeks so yeah how did it get nicked sometimes you know you're in a rush so you don't lock it up and mm. I just rely on the goodwill of people but um, yeah I've gone, come unstuck a few times I had a push bike once that I had chained to a tree outside the house <laughs> and someone sawed the tree down <laughs> to, get, to take the bike it must have been a jolly good bicycle <laughs> It wasn't that good, actually. That was the strange thing. It was a pretty crap bike. 
But the, I was imagining the, the an oak tree for some yeah. reason, so that was going to yes. be a hard deal. Yeah, I was yeah. imagining sort of one of those ones with the circumference of 30 feet that <laughs> was sort of planted by Charles I. So yours was no, just it was a quite branch. a slender tree. It, <laughs> it was yeah. a branch. It was, um, I don't know, nine inches across. Mm. You're boasting again. Yes, yes. <laughs> what about the tree? <laughs> <laughs> when did you first cycle? When was your, what was your first bicycle? It was huge. It seemed huge. It was, I just remember it was a huge black bike. And I remember cycling up and down my road but like but I could hardly hold the handlebars but I was just doing one leg like the way you start to swim you, you're pretending on the surface yeah, you yeah. look like you swim but you're actually got one foot in the bottom of the pool did you be in Glasgow I was actually in Renfrewshire at that point where's that <laughs> where's that <laughs> it? Isn't that it's up? just outside Glasgow yeah, oh, but, yeah. yeah it's just outside yeah. Yeah. but it must have what a fantastic feeling that is I mean I think any of the listeners who can cycle you know, that thing of when you first realise you can cycle or swim, it's like flying, isn't it? You oh, realise it must be just like you, flying. You, the euphoria. I mean, really yeah. incredible. Yeah. Uh, and did you carry on your cycling exploits or did you sort of retake it up once you moved to London, realising it was a convenient and fast method of transport? Well, funnily enough, you say, yeah. I mean, I don't really remember cycling that much as a kid. But when I came to London, yeah, I got a bike right away. I, was, uh, I came down to go to the Royal College of Art and I used to cycle every day back and forth and I think because I I cycled so much and so confidently that I was able to do my driving in 13 lessons so, yeah. <laughs> yeah but as, as cycling around London I mean how far would you cycle for instance to, for, to go to somewhere would you cycle sort of out for dinner of an evening well every day I go from my home in Dalston to Hackneywick which is a brilliant cycle because you're not in the main road um, so I go through this a, a common and then through Victoria Park so that's a brilliant cycle there and back it's only like about 20 minutes but that's my exercise for the day because I that's good don't, don't it yeah my eyes haven't seen a gym ever no <laughs> I think it's much better to exercise uh, do you do any exercise I walk like a maniac I, I, brilliant you know I walk furiously how does a maniac walk well, with, with, <laughs> with great, a deranged with a deranged with just, just like Jim <laughs> a huge amount of intent but no destination mm. you know I go quick yes people won't walk with me because of the speed that I walk at and do you oh, have no, a deranged I, look I walk, when you're doing I walk real fast as you well you a fast walker yeah. Well, you could come and walk. My ex-boyfriend had like legs up to my shoulders, and he would be always behind me. It's like you've got the legs, got one stride, and I've got to do ten. But yeah, yeah. but you're a keen, you're a cyclist, aren't you? I like a cycle. Yeah, I like a cycle. I don't cycle around London so much, but I do like to cycle around the countryside a bit. Do you go on long cycles? Would you go on a sort of a cycling holiday through the Lake District or something like that? I would love to. I've never done it, but I mean, the long cycle for me is like if I cycle into town when it was, uh, you know, lockdown, it was amazing because there was no cars, you just, yeah. there was no traffic. I cycled from Brixton to Brighton once. That was a lot, but by the time I got there, I was so knackered, I fell asleep on the beach <laughs> in the hot sun and woke up completely burnt to a crisp. Oh. And then um, I had to put my bike on the train, train and come back. But I, was, say, yeah. I had shorts and I was sitting on that, you know, those bristly seats you get in trains, oh. you know, that, um, not velour, it's sort of. Yes, yeah. And that was just like absolute agony. I laid on a bed and, and uh, I couldn't move for about three days because <laughs> oh, of this, the intense sunburn. And then my skin all peeled off. Oh. Out of interest, being a, 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 um, a noted fashion icon designer and things like this, what would you wear when you'd be on your bicycle? Just something practical? What would you recommend? I don't even... Th you mean what would I wear, not yes. as opposed to what I do wear? I always think I'm... I, I don't think anybody sees me because I'm on my bike. 
so I don't care what I wear. I'm just going to the sh- all I do is work, go from my studio, my flat to my studio and back again. And I just think nobody sees me, but I forget about the yellow hair. <laughs> oh, I saw you the other day. But I just, you know, I don't really care what I'm wearing as long as. Uh... But if you think. What about designing some cycle wear though? Oh yeah. Because bicycle no clips brain. aren't. No yeah. one bothers with bicycle clips anymore, do they? No. no just... we, we all have chain guards nowadays. <laughs> but I think bicycle clips is a, it could you know bring them back. Nice, yeah, yeah, and like sp- like the little armbands you used to get to push your sleeves up. Yes, I, used, yeah. I still wear those yeah, on, my sh- on my suit jacket. Yeah, yeah, that's, a very that's one of my thing. trademarks. I yeah. got a, a tweed suit made once, which had reflective stuff that they wear on. Yeah, what's it called? You know, workman wear, and that was sewn into the tweed into wow. the checks so if I was riding around <laughs> at night People. it is quite an extraordinary thing to say it is just a shape a silhouette of me how in many a, crashes in a happened suit. at that yeah. when you sped past them <laughs> what's the best place you, what's the best place you've ever been <laughs> ever been oh, apart so from here <laughs> Well, I won a scholarship and uh, you were meant to, I think, affiliate yourself with uh, art schools, like maybe in Europe. And I got on a plane and flew to Baghdad. And well, this was the late 70s. Plan. <laughs> what was Seriously. With your yellow hair. I didn't hair. tell them what I was doing. No, no, no. I had blonde hair then. Anyway, but it was quite an experience. And... Uh, yeah, travelled all the way down through Iraq and Blimey. through through no man's land, but you didn't know whether you were going to get through at the but, other but end. You arrived, but you arrived at Baghdad entirely on your own. Oh no, no, I went with a boyfriend at the time. Right. He was like six foot two. But actually, uh, Iraq was no problem for me. It was when I got into Iran that immediately became a problem because everybody wanted to touch. I mean, like touching me everywhere and even when I'm swinging my fist like don't come near me it's I, I just no idea why where did you so you walked were you walking well I walked all the way from Baghdad down to Shiraz no that's there was a train so I got a train I, I needed to go to Babylon so badly and of course it's mythic you know this yeah. mythical thing but I had it reality in my head because as and a child what, what was it when you got there <laughs> do you want to know Oh what, did, what, was, what did you have in your head from childhood? Well, as a child, we didn't have many books there, but my dad had bought these encyclopedias from a salesman because he felt sorry for my mum never let him hear the end of it. But for me, it was fantastic because it's actually only known to me in the last uh, few years that I have a serious form of dyslexia. I didn't realise my imagination came from any photographs. So the encyclopedias had tiny photographs throughout the world. But I studied the photographs and Persia was uh, the thing that really excited me. I've forgotten what the question you asked. No, but anyway, no, so you, you wanted to go to Babylon. Yeah, I wanted to go to Babylon. I was like, because you thought it was gardens. going to be hanging gardens. I thought there was going to be hanging gardens. But in the back of my mind, I knew this was not going to be there. But I just needed to go, and we couldn't get a hotel. We couldn't get. They just took one look at us, like you know, not. Or it was just so late when we arrived, so we had to wait at the station to go on to the next part of the journey. And the station. I needed to go to the toilet and it was just white tiles everywhere, white tiles on the floor, white tiles everywhere. And at the very end of the room were just holes, <laughs> you know, like about six holes. So ah. I went to one of them and just started. And as soon as I let go, the hugest cockroach you've ever seen him in it, ah. it was like a rat, the size of a rat came out of the hole oh, no. as I was 
pissing. Oh my god, it was. So that was the. <laughs> so instead the beginnings of the hanging, of the, of the, of the the hanging garden. One of the wonders of the world was this giant <laughs> cockroach. But so giant so so you, you couldn't get into a hotel, but you couldn't then the next day. Well, it was where, re- have a look, it was or, memorable. <laughs> but there was nothing to see, is what you're saying. No, there was nothing to see. Well, the thing is, if I had looked up I would have probably found somewhere you know more. but but it was it was uh, one of those things I just wanted to go and I hadn't really pre-planned I don't pre-plan anything but this was one time I think I, I think I should have but uh, I have to say that the journey on the train was like extraordinary the warmth of the people was absolutely knockout no matter where we went on every every train journey we took we couldn't obviously speak to people but we were food was landing on our table uh, you know every second you know just offering us that was quite magical but you went on to what was then persia yes and well was, the what... first thing was we didn't even know if we were going to get through because they were you know still at war or something like that <laughs> and we had to go through no man's land nobody would take us nobody would take us so no we, man. we had we bribed a taxi driver to take us so far and the midday sun like you know this shining white creature is trying to pass through and like we got to the other end and they're all with their machine guns and it was like i was told basically if they've got a smile in the, your, their faces you know you're going to get through if they haven't you're going to travel all the way back up and go through back up to Tehran and come back down again but it was absolutely incredible they were smiling away and we got straight through so but it was incredible went to um there was a place uh, a palace that was called something like the thousand or well yeah I think it was called the thousand pillars but it basically it was just all full of mirrors and they were reflecting, so it looked like there was... How many the, pillars was there? I didn't stop to count. I was <laughs> just, just so in, but An amount three. of pillars and then a lot more mirrors. Yeah, but how yeah, it, was, it was a vast place, but, and the, you know, the pillars were all... But know, where quite, is this, inside or outside? Well, it's inside this, so the, uh, the palace. It's called... I can't remember the, the name of the palace. And these are the mirrors in still intact, ancient mirrors that we... They're all ancient mirrors in, well as intact as they can be for the for the wow. um, time I'd they like were to built see this. but uh, it was the most incredible I mean it really was I mean, when you look into an old mirror of course I always think that there's you know if you're looking even into an 18th century mirror so you're looking who's at looked it and you're thinking mirror. yeah exactly who's, who looked in who's that looked, yeah. looking back exactly, at you, you know? yeah, yeah oh, and also if you stare long enough you can see your future husband or wife <laughs> really they appear, apparently they appear <laughs> if you stare long enough into it it might be a black mirror or a uh, but I think any mirror, you stare at it long enough, you'll see who you're going to marry. I was told that if you stared at a mirror long enough, you could then step into it. I keep banging I my head. if you stared long enough, it yes. would crack. <laughs> yeah. But the idea of a thousand pillars, that probably were only 50 pillars, but, but, but I think with, it was with about a careful 50, use yeah. of mirrors, you yeah. suddenly got a thousand. Yeah. Well, everywhere, everywhere you looked, you just see the reflection of them. But it was, it was amazing trying to get into the because quite often... Um, I was stopped, but I didn't really know why. And then going into this one, just like a mirage, this, this, um, yeah, it was like an apparition in white. And this guy with white robes um, motioned to whoever it was, because you had to take your shoes off. And he, and he said, he took my shoes, literally took the shoes and handed them to the guy who was putting them on a ledge and ushered me in. When I was being told I couldn't go in, um, 
and it was like it really was like wow did this really happen it was incredible <laughs> I did once go to the Middle East I was we played a show I think for one of the Grand Prix in uh, Abu Dhabi I think it was and we went out into the desert where you could drive and we got a puncture showbiz story Leo Sayer was in the car actually got a puncture mm. and it was on top of a sand dune and you could literally, as far as the eye could see, the dunes disappeared and disappeared and mm. just went in every direction. It was like a surrealist film. You mm. were like this speck. And as far as you could, all you could see was these sand dunes going for miles and miles and miles. But just as I was thinking, we really are in the middle of this. is one of the most isolated, out-of-the-way things I've ever seen. My phone rings, <laughs> and it's a bloke from Greenwich saying, uh, Hello, Jules, yeah, uh, the um, uh, so-and-so that you want is coming in the shop, so uh, if you want to come pick it up, is that all right? I said, well, I'm in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so communication has ruined everything. <laughs> you haven't paid your yeah. <laughs> newspaper bill. That's right. I, 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 got in a, I was in Luxor in Egypt and got in a, a ta- I got a taxi and I said I wanted to see the sand dunes and there was a, a language barrier going on because he didn't understand the thing and I didn't understand. I said, sand dunes. Were you actually dunes. meaning the pyramids, thinking they're dunes? Well, no, no, it's just, I just wanted to see some sand dunes. I said, take me to the nearest sand dunes. And he went, oh, okay, okay. So I got in and went, and travelling after about an hour, I was, I was saying, you know, there's, there's, there's not any, any a bit nearer? And he went, he's going, it's okay. And he said, here. <coughs> And it was a football pitch with some <laughs> children playing football in it. And so w- whatever I'd said, was, was, as Sand Dunes has been misinterpreted, as where's the local primary school football match? <laughs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Do you like eating the foods of the world when you go around? Oh, that yeah, same? yeah. <laughs> but when you're offered, uh, you know, the delicacy and you you really know that you shouldn't refuse, but it's a, an eyeball. Did that happen to you? Yeah. No. And, and, and having to explain away some reason why this is not possible <laughs> for me. But hold on, yeah. they, but where was that then? Was, I can't remember where it was. It was some Berber territory absolutely incredibly laid out you know the gorgeous blankets beautifully woven colored you know deep rich blankets you know and i'm expecting a boiled egg or something and it's a boiled eyeball oh well, at least, so, at least it was it, cooked i suppose that's something was there any salad with it <laughs> Or chips. Just an eyeball. Oh. Eyeball and chips, one of my favourites. An eyeball, that's quite an image. 
in an eyeball in a pit of bread because it's like the you could make the pit of bread so, wink. So what, what did so what did what did you say when when you realised something you didn't really you know bearing in mind this presumably it was a great honour being bestowed upon you as our special guest sort of thing. I just said not hungry. No, I think I was you know motioning as if to say. Um, I'm not feeling so well today. Yeah. I, I can't yeah. really eat well, you, anything you, today. That's quite, you know, the sort of travel that you've been talking about there, Pam, from your m- modest cycling beginnings. I mean, you're <laughs> talking about international travel in places, in no-go areas and war zones yeah. and so forth. As you moved on through the <clears throat> through the Middle East, where, where else, where did your trip progress to? Oh, on that trip? Mm. Um, or did or... you go back for more? <laughs> oh, I went many trips. I mean, I've been... God, I've, the only place I haven't been to is Japan, and I'd really I've missed the chances so many times, dying to go there. But you know, I've been to Peru, Machu Picchu, climbing there when in in platform shoes, and yeah. this is at a time where there's no tourist buses around. You literally climbed that thing, and you actually had to sign in. There was a little wooden box, and you signed in, and there was nobody else there. And you signed in because they had to make sure that you signed out again. Because as you go up, you don't realise that just like climbing these stone stones that have been in placed platforms. there in platforms in a station and you don't notice anything you just know there's trees there's like foliage around you all you're doing is trying to get to the top yeah on the way down you see right through the trees and it's just sheer drop oh, no. yeah oh. i went up in my platform shoes came down on my arse every stone <laughs> yeah, on my arse yeah. uh, it was Terrifying, complete vertical. Oh, that happened to me in Thailand. I went up to the the, the, the temples that have the steps. And yes, the same yes, thing. Yes, Scamper yes, up the steps. Yes, oh, this yes. is easy. <laughs> and then you got to the top, which was sort of inhabited by bats. So I thought, I don't really want to go Genius. in there. I'll turn around and come back. And exactly the same thing. Yeah. I was just thankful that I got back down again intact. Mm. I mean, people literally did fall off. Um, well, they were actually fought. Fall through, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why they had to count you. You know, I think there was about five of us did the trip. Now there's like hundreds of busloads, and I don't think they even climb up those steps. They just go straight into Machu Picchu. And then this boyfriend was with Rick. We travelled everywhere together. It was incredible, you know, to Kathmandu, to India. But not we, Japan. But not Japan. Where is Kathmandu? In uh, Nepal. And what is that like? I've never been Unbelievable. there. Unbelievable. And oh, we wanted to do a trip uh, to India and Nepal and, you know, but to, to be able to do everything, we booked a tour, which meant that we didn't have to think about the travel. But um, the night before, I said to Rick, have you packed your bag? Yes, I have packed your bag. Come the night. Have you packed your bag? No, I'll, I'll do it now. I'm like, yeah. So he picked up a tiny suitcase um, which he had just been, I think, the day before to his old house where his mother had been packing up all this stuff. He hadn't seen it since he was a child. <laughs> Picked up a suitcase, rammed a few things in, and then we missed the alarm in the morning. We had to rush like crazy to the airport. We were absolutely, we were like almost missing the flight, running like crazy. Then we had to go through the, you know, the bleep. Mm-hmm. They asked him to open up his bag. And in a side pocket they had forgotten about was a flick knife. <laughs> We're just about to board a plane. Yeah. What, his right. old flick knife? His old flick knife when he was a kid. And it was like, what? And they were going, I think you should go on because uh, it'll be easier to get another flight if uh, there's just one of you. I'm not going nowhere. 
I'm not going anywhere without him. They were going, you should just go and we will deal with this just now. So I thought, well, I'm definitely not getting on the plane, but I'll go to the bit because I knew he was going to have to run like fury if he was going to catch it. So I get into the area where everybody's waiting. We're last on and everybody's like, you know, wondering what the hell is going on. And all you can hear is, there's a man with a knife. There's the people kick. I'm like, for God's sake, that's my boyfriend. He wouldn't hurt a fly. You know, it's all this. So I'm sitting there waiting. And I'm, I'm getting so nervous. And eventually he comes right at his face bright red didn't have time to couldn't breathe go on the plane eventually he was able to tell me that when the policeman asked him what did you what do you use your knife for <laughs> he said picnicking <laughs> <laughs> genius response yeah. and they let him go what, with are. the knife with the knife yes. oh that's and, fine and the tour guide leader hated us because <laughs> From the moment we arrived, all, all Rick went, all the, went through all the old bazaar, everything we were told not to do, we thought, well, that's going to be exciting. So you, you went on the tour bus and the, everywhere the tour guide said, oh, you don't want to go to that area, it's really dangerous. You don't want to. We were taking notes. That's where we're going. That's where we're going. That's where we're going. And Rick, unknown to me, bought knives from every single place. <laughs> he ended so- up with a cache. And now, a message from our sponsors. Do you have trouble locating processions, parades and cavalcades in your parish? Yes, I do. And it's bringing me down. Then you should try this new pageant location device. It can detect bunting at over and mile away. Excellent. And what's the name of this device? Binoculars. (laughs) Very good. From cycling and and international travel in the Far East and going to... um, extraordinary places have you done any car uh, rallying or anything like that (laughs) (laughs) well in 2001 um i went on the gumball rally (laughs) it was insane i mean totally insane i was actually meant to be going with keith flint but sadly he drove his bike into a wall by mistake and just before it so i ended up going with a really good friend of mine from glasgow uh, Kelly Cooper Bar and uh, where, it, was, where was it that year? It was to go from New York to the Playboy Mansion in LA via Graceland's Vegas, God, you name it. But the crazy thing is, it was totally Thelma and Louise because she hadn't told me this. But when she told her husband that she was going on the Gumball Rally with me, he said, "If you go on the Gumball Rally with Pam Hogg." I will divorce you. And this is this amazing guy, amazing guy, man of his word. Was, he, was, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't kidding. lying. He wasn't no, kidding. He meant it. Yeah, oh, I so, mean, she was heartbroken. So, so, but, you, but, so, yeah. so before you even sort of really set off, that's one marriage ruined. How, how did it go after that? <gasps> I mean, did you do it was the whole insane. trip? Yes, we did the whole trip, but it, it was built to be insane. You had to travel... God knows how many miles each day. You had a destination, you were given a card and you were told you had to be there or you had no idea where the next part of the journey was and you had no idea where the hotel was. So you had to drive like Fury, which meant speeding everywhere you went. And I hadn't driven for a while because I hadn't had a car for ages and didn't have a licence. I wasn't, you know, because we had hired this car. What car did you get? A Mustang, bright yellow. Oh, did you? Yeah, screaming yellow Mustang. And... uh, Basically, uh, if you didn't get to that place, the first place, then you had no idea. You were lost in nowhere's land. So you had to drive like crazy. And every night 
you know, we made it, we made it. We, we, there's 150 cars and they're all stickered up. So you could see everybody, you know, speeding past you or, you know. So you knew that you are in the right direction. People would scream out the window, take a left on, da-da-da-da, you know, because you're trying to follow a map and I'm dyslexic, so I couldn't follow the map. Anyway, we had to do this every single night and every time we got to the hotel, luckily if you made it to the hotel, huge party, massive amount of everything going down. So you had like two hours sleep. Sometimes you missed breakfast because you had to get off on the, you know, when the flag went the next day. It was insane. People were stopped. We could see people by the roadside being pulled over by the police. I mean, every, you know, 100 yards, somebody. So people were shouting to you, police, next next block, we've just heard from X and X. So they were giving us... But, but this was a few days on, and I had been talking to um, Kelly, all my stories of my past, you know, to keep her awake, because we were doing insane hours, no sleep. So I was... And then this one time... I realised I must have just woken up because I realised I wasn't talking anymore and I looked at her and her eyes were closed. Uh, we were five lanes out. I'm like, Kelly screamed at the top of my voice. So we pulled back and uh, then we just drank loads of coffee and I said, I'm driving. She said, can you drive, Pam? I said, yeah, not for about 14 years. I was talking about 19 years at that point. I got in, I said, I'm just going to go around the block. But the, the crazy thing is all of the... The police were they were waiting for because they got wind of this you know crew that were driving mentally all through America. So I'm like white Stetson, red bandana, bright orange tracky top. You know I'm I'm really colourful, really noticeable. And we see this uh, you know they've pulled over one of our mates on the side of the road. The coppers were pulling. Yeah. yeah, I just kept driving until there was a, a decent amount of space. Because in a fraction of a second, I'm like, Kelly, you're taking place of me. I threw myself out of the, the driver door onto the side bit, whipped off my clothes, got them onto Kelly. She I, climbed in so they could, they, they, I drove far enough so they couldn't see actually what was happening. <laughs> but she ended up dressing up like me. Yeah. And she was going, what did I do? What did I do? She was actually sleeping. I said, we were speeding, darling. We were speeding. We were speeding. So she had to pretend that she was the person driving. We got booked, of course, but at least we didn't get hauled off to the police station because yeah, yeah. there's no driving license, no, you know, nothing. And this is America. Did you and did you complete the whole rally? Yes, we did, and we we came. I think it was about 100. And, oh God, I'm not quite sure, but maybe about 130. And I think we came in 20th. Maybe I'm boasting a bit too much, but we were really quite good. On, oh, well done. Yeah. yeah. And I did it the year before. Around, we did. Yeah, around Europe, and we right. went through Latvia, which was then run by the mafia. <laughs> And there were, there were just pinching, because they were all going around in Porsches and Ferraris, yeah, they and they were nicking them all. You. They're just like, Whoa. you'd have someone lying down pretending to be injured or dead in the middle of the road. They'd stop, get out, and nick your car. And it wasn't just them who were doing it, it was the border patrols as well. Yo, They'd be going like, we'll let you through God. if you give us 500 quid. Yeah. Or we'll have your car, it's yeah. up to you. <laughs> it was so corrupt. <laughs> Wow, yeah, somebody should do a film about that. Yeah. <laughs> we've covered a lot of transport we there. Covered the we've world. covered the world. Has, yeah. has been, has, uh, we've been up uh, ancient monuments in the Far East. We've been uh, on the Gumball Rally uh, through America. We've been, been everywhere, been, actually, been, yeah, it's, it's, apart from Japan. But next time you come on, you'll have been. Can we go? 
Yes. Can Let's we organise a trip? Let's have a trip, yeah. I love it in Japan. I like Japan. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Let's work a ruse. Thank you so much, <laughs> Pam Hogg. Pam Hogg, thank you for joining us today. <laughs> thank you. Well, there goes Pam back home on her light blue bicycle, which she found abandoned outside where we are now. Wearing her Gumball Rally uh, gear with the white Stetson hat, red yeah. scarf and... Uh, and orange tracksuit, yeah. yes. yes. Looking dazzling on the light blue bike. This podcast was produced and edited by Molly Stewart. Sound engineers with James Stewart and George Latham. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.